All right. Welcome back. Excited to have my friend Chad Hufford on the show from Veritas, Alaska. It's the day after my beloved Philadelphia Eagles loss in the playoffs. But we found a way to weave that in to our conversation today, our future blueprint conversation with Chad. Um, you know, Chad was telling me in the pre-show, your son, your five-year-old is an Eagles fan. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I grew up watching football and basketball. My dad's from Iowa. We were raised on Big Ten sports. Um, so it's always been a huge part of, of my life. But as a father, I've got six kids, like you mentioned. You know, I can't, I can't sit there all Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon watching football. So it's kind of a part of my life I had to give up. But now the kids are getting into it. We had five of our six kids playing football this past year, including my 15-year-old wow. daughter. And Jeff, it's something really special when, when your, your daughter comes to you and it's like, hey, dad, I had to work on my routes. And she's all done up. She's got the <laughs> nails and the hair and all that. She's almost six feet tall. She's all legs. She's beautiful. Looks like a freaking model. And she's out there running routes. So the only one that didn't play was my three-year-old. Uh, he was too young. But he, What's you know, his he's problem? Out there. <laughs> yeah, we're... We're, we're, you know, we're feeding him extra, trying to get him to grow up a little faster. But, uh, yeah. no, so the five year old, um, he's, I mean, he is just into it. That's all he wants to talk about. And he's, he's, he'll, he'll draw up plays. And, uh, so Michigan is my team. I'm more of a, I'm more of a college football fan. And we had some family over on, uh, well, it was a little over a week ago, the, the week after New Year's, uh, for the college football playoffs. Michigan beat Washington, uh, got, got a national championship. I've been waiting 27 years for this. My five-year-old is wearing an Eagles jersey. I'm like, where's your Michigan stuff? He's like, dad, I'm an Eagles fan. This is what I'm wearing. So he's, he's pretty hardcore, had a, had a rough day yesterday. But we were just talking about how I miss that's a part of life. I mean, you have dreams, you have things that are important to you. Uh, the more passion you have, the more the setbacks are going to hurt, but it's worth it. The pain is is worth it, um, and and just encouraging him to, to stick with, stick with it. You know, not not giving up on on his his um, his joy in that because it's a two part right. process. The more you care about something, the more it stings when it doesn't go your way. But you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, yep. and you keep moving forward. So I think a good life lesson for him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and look, I mean, I, to me, I think this little, uh, this little moment we're sharing here, uh, and I'm glad we got to because actually, uh, as a Michigan fan, uh, my incredible producer, Chris Stone and his team at Cast Ahead, Chris is a massive Michigan fan. I was so happy for him and you and everybody else, uh, that's a Michigan faithful. But, uh, my son's, one of my son's high school assistant coaches is actually Chad Henney. Um, no kidding. That is super cool. Yep. Yeah. Chad's right here in our town. Uh, just a great, great upstanding man. You know, he, um, uh, was a Wilson high school football star, you know, four year starter for the program, went on to Michigan, of course, went to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, he was that guy in the, the, the second to last chief Super Bowl that came in off the bench and iced that first down to win the game. And, um, you know, remarkable career. And he, we had a Chad Henney night locally and I, I got in line for no other reason than to just again, thank him for choosing to move back to our town to call home, home again. And I thought it was just so cool that he's here. Cause look, 
we're in Pennsylvania right now. There's a few inches of snow on the ground. Obviously, nothing to compare with Alaska, but uh, you know, there, there's a lot of nicer places to live. For you know, he's been exposed to a lot of nicer places, right? Drafted into Jacksonville, played Miami, um, you know, and uh, and and just just to call home home again, I thought was really special. And he's doing a great job with the kids. So that, there's that whole football Eagles Michigan connection right out of the gate. And I think it's appropriate that we shared it because, you know, Chad is somebody as a financial planner who can cultivate an interest and a passion in a five-year-old and foster that. I think that's important to building that future blueprint for your clients. And, and really, what are we doing this for if we don't have actual legacy? Right. And so how do you, how do you get people excited? about their financial futures? Well, it's funny you ask that because I think one of the first things is pulling the finances out of it and and really just trying to get them excited about the future. Like what what does a meaningful, fulfilled life look like to them? We ask people, if you never had to go to work another day in your life, if you didn't need your job, if you did not need your paycheck, what would you want your life to look like? Who would you want to become? What would you want to be doing? Um, you know, what What are the elements in your life that you would want to change. What What are you doing right now that you don't want to have to do if you were financially independent? But more importantly, what are the things that you would add? What are the hobbies, the the things that really challenge you, that, that stir up your soul that you aren't able to do because you don't either have the time or the resources? Because we don't want we don't want money to ever be the goal. When money is the the objective, things can get destructive pretty quickly, and and people can get distracted at best, but. But it can really pull people into a downward cycle. Money is a tool. Money helps us build the life that we want. Um, but it is not the, the end all be all. It is not what we are striving for. Uh, to die on a bigger pile of money is, it should be a side effect of good planning. But if that's our objective, life is going to be pretty empty. And we see that a lot where people live in scarcity because money is their focus instead of what the money is able to do for them. They don't know what's meaningful to them. They don't know what's important. They don't know what a truly fulfilled and abundant life looks like. And I think that's really important. You know, for my five year old son, it's football. If he can watch football all day, that's what he want to do. But, you know, as a little kid, the little kids dream. And I think at some point that gets. That gets ironed out of us, you know, as if it's a, if it's a, a negative thing. And yeah, when you're five and six, your, your dreams might be uh, a little crazy, but that's okay. It's okay to dream crazy. Mm-hmm. I think when we kill off our dreams under the guise of, of pragmatism and practicality, but I, we try to instill that in people again. Like if, if you, if you never need to go to work again, you never need a paycheck. Like, what are the things that you could do? I think the the amount of impact that, that people can have in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, those might be the most fulfilling, biggest impact years of their life where people have the most to give back, not the least. And I think there's a tendency yeah. for people to think like, hey, I'm retired. You know, I've kind of put in my time, I've given what I could, and now I'm just gonna take 25 years of vacations. Every day is Saturday. And that's might might be fun for a while, but it it people need more than that. And that's what we're trying to help people find. So I I when I started this, I thought my job was make sure that people didn't run out of money in retirement. And what I've realized is more than that is to make sure that they don't run out of purpose. Mm, that's I love that you ended 
that moment there on the purpose, uh, the point of purpose and living with purpose. Loved everything you shared about taking the money out. Uh, obviously people would say, okay, Chad, you know, that's a real easy thing to say. You know, you're successful. You know, you have family, stability, all of this stuff. But the reality is, um, if you work as a system, if you identify those goals, you know, these things can happen. We hear stories all the time of the custodian that left $5 million to the college, you know, uh, and he worked at the college for 40 years, Mm -hmm. right? Um, we hear these stories all the time. And in that, and in that example, the custodian's purpose in life, I would imagine, I'm kind of just paraphrasing that story, but you've heard it, I'm sure, a handful of times. I have, maybe it's not a custodian, maybe it's a mechanic and, Maybe it's not a college, maybe it's a church, but we've heard those stories. And your point about purpose is right there. The purpose was that church. Maybe that, that, maybe that maintenance guy at the church loved seeing youth come up in the church, loved seeing young couples grow and have families. And that was his purpose. And the custodian loved the seeing the spark of education, young adults coming and growing into adults with purpose to go out in the world and create their own impact. Um, I mean, I love how you, how you talk about that. So how do you, so somebody listening, somebody watching today, you know, they're like, all right, I'm kind of grooving on this purpose thing. Give us some, give us some tips, some steps to, to shift out of that. Okay. Well, I got to go to work. I got to provide for my family. I know I need to be saving money, investing money, having money work for me. What, what are some of these intermediary things that they need to do to get this shift moving for? Well, the first thing is change how you talk. (laughs) How, how people talk to themselves. It's not that I have to go to work. I have to do these things. I get to. There's, there's billions of people on this planet that would, they would kill for the jobs that people complain about here in this country. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, I don't care where you live in this country. If you look at where you are compared to the rest of the world, most people would consider you wealthy. So we need to look at that as an opportunity. Uh, I start my day every single day with a gratitude list, three things. And I try to pick one thing out of what I read that, that morning. And then two things that might be completely random. Sometimes they're huge things. Sometimes they're really, really small. Like one of my things this morning was, I'm just grateful that it hasn't snowed in like a week here in Alaska. Because <laughs> we had so much snow and it just, it's pretty and nice. But I was like, I need a break. I don't want to shovel every day when I come home from work. Um, but being, being grateful for what we already have. Um, you know, there's like these peace and prosperity gospel preachers talking about, oh, you know, you're grateful you give money and, and God will give you more. And eh, sometimes that happens, maybe. But being grateful actually doesn't guarantee that you'll have more. What it does, it helps you notice what you already have been given. It helps you notice mm-hmm. the blessings that are already in your life. And I think that is really, really important. Um, it helps you have yeah. a better vision of your future when you are more grateful for your present. And again, how you're taught that self-talk is really, really important. But it also is important to be future looking to realize that every decision that you make, you are either serving or stealing from the future version of you. Um, the future version of you will come. It, that, that person, you haven't met him yet, but he or she will be here eventually. And you want that person to be proud of the decisions that you're making in this moment. And I, I think having that perspective is also really important. But here's where this, this purpose and this meaningful pursuit is really important. Jeff is. Building wealth is a slow process. It takes time. There's a lot of sacrifice. 
it sometimes is can be fairly simple. I think my industry can overcomplicate it, but there's some very simple things to building wealth, building yeah. sustainable wealth, but they're hard and they're mundane. It's not sexy and exciting. So if our goal is just to have enough money that we can quit our jobs one day, that's too small. That's not compelling enough to make the necessary sacrifices to really strive and go after this thing. So we have to infuse our passions and our heart and the things that really matter, the things that wake us up in the morning. Wh- whether we need to go to work or not, those are the things to focus on. So it is as two-part, uh, this, this a little bit of a paradox. We are trying to balance being grateful for the moment, but also anticipating and striving for the future. Yeah. No, I mean, I just kind of let you, let you wrap there. Cause I, I love everything you're saying. I believe in it. The self-talk, you know, I phrased it about, you know, well, I, I have to go to work. I have to pay this bill. You know, obviously I'm, I'm grateful of everything that I have in life, the things that I get to do. You know, I'm coming, coming to you now. I told you in the pre-show, I've been under the weather really since the beginning of the new year. Don't know quite all what it means yet. I'm not stressing about it. I'm just grateful I have access to to great doctors and and you know, I guess you could call it health insurance. It is health insurance, but it's also different. Like I get, you know, tomorrow I get to go do an X-ray and only pay forty five dollars out of pocket. Hmm. You know, and because of that same relationship, my son, uh, who, who's our football player, um, we actually have a neurology MRI scheduled for him. Hmm. Uh, we're just doing some preemptive stuff there. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm fortunate that we only need to pay, uh, a few hundred bucks for that MRI and that's cash pay, you know? And, and so some people could look at that and say, wow, that really must suck. But no, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to have those connections and have those relationships, uh, in life and, and that practice of gratitude. Is so important. I think if anybody takes anything away from this today, it's, it's what Chad said. And it's been a common theme with a lot of my guests here on the show and a, something that I talk about. I mean, for crying out loud, one of the, one of the things it's, it's around here somewhere. Um, one of the, the, the tools that I've created for people that I help, uh, is, is a daily battle plan and it's a practice of gratitude every day, writing it down, you know, and uh, you know, you could say, well, I have an app for that. Get away from the app, pen and paper, feel the experience of gratitude each day for yourself. Um, I love it. So you, as you were talking there, you said, you know, it's boring. It really what the theme of what you shared in your last, uh, last moment was discipline, discipline to not steal from your future self. I think, yeah, you're either starving mm-hmm. your future self or feeding your future self, I think is what you said, but really it comes down to discipline. And it, something popped into my head. What's your view of our young adults today and what they're seeing as far as wealth goes and, and the way to acquire wealth? Um, you know, obviously you're a family man. You've got six kids. I love that you homeschool your kids. So kudos to that. I know that is not easy as all. Uh, everybody watching this who has kids, you know, really coming up on four years ago, next month, month after shared in that experience of homeschooling. So mm-hmm. they know the discipline it takes. So I, I belabor this point to share that when Chad tells you achieving wealth is about discipline, this is a man who lives discipline. This is a man who lives what he talks about in financial planning. 
it's not just about the money, it's about everything around it to support the goal. So I'll let you answer. What What is your view of how kids are viewing wealth, how kids are viewing success today, and how do we have to help guide them to what we know is 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 a, an alternative way to achieve that success? Well, draw me back to your question if I need to, but let me give a little context for this. So we are designed as human beings to be very much present focused because you know, a few thousand years ago, we weren't worried about saving for a house or saving for retirement yeah. or paying for our kids' college. We were worried about going to sleep and being attacked in the middle of the night or being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or having the, the neighboring tribe come through. So it wasn't about the future. We're very much wired to live in the present. We, so we have a, a immediate gratification wiring. That's how our wet work is created. But we're living in a delayed return environment. And it is, it is exacerbated now, I think, by technology and social media, where it's so easy for people to put their best foot forward to show you the new car, the big house, the, the mm-hmm. expensive vacation. And the people looking at this online aren't realizing that every, that it's finance. The, the couple fought every day of that vacation and that car is about to be repossessed. And, and maybe it's not. Maybe they paid cash for it, but did they sacrifice their family? Did they sacrifice their health? Did they, did they sacrifice who they are as a person, their own integrity to make the money to pay? We don't know. All we know is people are flashing this stuff constantly. And we all, we already have an immediate gratification bent or leaning. So when, when we're flashing all this exciting, sexy stuff that, that grabs our attention, it's really hard to be patient and to do the mundane thing. And we already started talking about football, but it's focusing on the fundamentals, you know, working with my kids. And they want to practice these one-handed catches and they're doing their touchdown dances. I'm like, learn how to block and tackle. Like, that's what we need to focus on. Amen. You know, <laughs> and and a touchdown that you catch with two hands is worth just as many points as a touchdown you catch with one. So we actually sat down and we watched Jerry Rice videos. Mm-hmm. And none of these catches are spectacular. And I was like, you know why? You know why he's not making one-handed diving catches? Yeah, because he was always in the right place at the right time. He was always exactly where he needed to be, and he did the basic things. And he was so fundamentally sound that he made it look easy. And that's the problem: is yeah. that people who build wealth, who do who do it right, they make it look easy. So people celebrate in public the sacrifices that folks make in private, and that's how wealth is as well. So when we look around, we don't actually see wealth. We see spending. We, and that's the exact opposite of wealth. And that's what gets our attention. So wealth is what's created behind closed doors. Spending is the fancy car, the things that we see. And, and Jeff, don't get me wrong. I have nice things, but I didn't always have nice things. I paid the price to get here. And I'm so blessed that, that we live in the area that we do. That I, I like cars. Cars are terrible investments. Anything with four meal, four wheels and a motor is, is going to cost you money, not make you money. Yep. Right. So, but, but again, my point is that we're seeing the exact opposite. We see spending, not saving. We see purchases, not investing. So for kids, yeah, they're just trying to figure out this world that is incredibly distracting. And one of the biggest problems, Jeff, is that their parents aren't doing it either. And it's one thing to tell your kids, to save, to do this, do that. But if mom and dad 
or getting a car loan every two or three years. Mom and dad are fighting about money. Mom and dad are struggling to pay the bills. They're complaining about their jobs. There's a saying that more is caught than taught. And I believe that. You can tell somebody something, but if you're showing them something else, that's really confusing. And you, you had somebody on your show here recently. Um, they was, they was talking about, uh, money and how we just need to normalize conversations about that. And it doesn't, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have the answers. Just bring it up in conversation because a lot of people have the same worries and frustrations when it comes to money, but they pretend or in their mind, they think it's got to be only me. Nobody wants to be that one person in class that, that raises their hand when the professor's like, do you have any questions? We all pretend like we've got it figured out. So I think yep. as parents, we need to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to be emotionally about it, but just like, Hey, this is what mom and dad are dealing with. And they don't need to get into the details. Kids don't need to know dollars and cents, but it's okay to in a healthy way say, here's what our frustration was, or here's a big hurdle that we overcame. I was just telling my kids this a few weeks ago. I was telling them about a time when I remember sitting at a gas station filling up a tank of gas. And I was just, I was struggling. We were struggling so badly financially. It was very early on. I was building the business. We were barely taking a salary. Couldn't really even afford to take the salary that, that we were. And I was watching the, the meter tick up on this, on this, uh, at the gas station. Just like, yeah. please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop. Cause every dollar it ticked up, I knew it was a dollar that I was gonna have a hard time finding. And it's a gas station here in town, but I hardly ever go there. And I was there just a few weeks ago and it brought back that memory of just that, that feeling of scarcity. So I've been there, but I wanted to share that with him. Like it's okay to struggle. It's okay to drive a crappy car. And I know yeah. one of your sons from listening to one of your shows, one of your sons has a Mustang. My kids found out that my first car was a Mustang. And I was like, you gotta hold your, hold your horses here. No pun intended. <laughs> but I was like, do you know what a 1984 Mustang looks like? So we looked it up online. My, my nine year old son, he's 10 now, but he's like, that was a Mustang. And I was like, yeah. He was like, that is so ugly. I'm like, it was horrible. It was uglier than homemade mm-hmm. sin. But that's what I drove is $1,800. Paid $1,800 for my car and it was garbage. It, it burned yeah. as much oil as it did gas. It was nice because you didn't have to change the oil. You just added more because <laughs> it just filtered out. But, yep. but those were the, those were the things, but I, I've never had a car loan. I paid, I paid cash for college and I was blessed to have some scholarships that really helped. Um, and I did some dumb things too. Don't get me wrong, Jeff, but it's yeah. the boring mundane stuff. Sometimes it's just the avoiding the mistakes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not all the great things you do that, that, that build wealth and financial security. It's eliminating all the mistakes. So you're not digging yourself out of a hole. Sorry. That was a very long winded answer. No, but no. Hopefully it's... that gave your audience some things that you want. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think as parents, parent to parent, peer to peer, we need to be reminding each other of these conversations with our kids, just like we need to be reminding our kids of the conversations about money and finance in the home. You know, our oldest boy is 19, soon to be 20. He lives here at home. We're happy to have him here at home. Uh, he's not a college kid. He's not a book kid. So, you know, mom and dad here, we're looking at these next four or five years. You know, we're looking at these as like, okay, well, it's the university of mom and dad, so to say. And we're, and we're teaching the things, you know, he's, um, he did get that Mustang. Uh, he worked hard for it, um, to get it. We own it. Um, I say we, cause you know, it's just cheaper 
for insurance purposes if it's the son driving dad's car under dad's mm-hmm. roof as opposed to the 18, 19 year old with a Mustang on his own, right? But, uh, um, you know, we, we remind both of our sons all the time. Like we got them new phones for Christmas. They had four or five year old phones. And I said to each of them, I said, okay, for you, Ethan, you need to be spending more time on this nice new phone looking at what you want to do in your career. Where do you want to take this management level you've now achieved and worked hard for at Chick-fil-A? Do you want to expand on that because you have opportunity there? Or do you want to go into a trade because he, that's where he feels he wants to go? Like, let's spend some time with it there. The younger one, hey, it's time to uh, start building that social media profile for football. You know, and what better way to do that with a nice new iPhone? You know, like we invested in these tools. Now you got to make them work. And we, we talk about what the cost of internet here is. We talk about what the cost of food is. I mean, I, I, the, the football player eats about 5,000 calories a day. And that's Aiden and Ethan. He's into the muscles and weightlifting and, you know, all this stuff. And he probably eats about 3,500. I'm, I'm feeding four adults with two mouths here. And I let them know like, Hey, mom and dad go get a whole beef cow a year and spend that money because we save a ton of money and we're happy to do it because we're supporting your dreams. But understand this isn't free. Yeah. Everything you see or yeah, everything you see around here is intentional and with purpose, you know? And so that I just kind of wanted to put a little bow on that part of what you, uh, what you touched on. Well, I can totally relate. So go back to, you mentioned 2020, you know, the whole COVID thing and all that people homeschooling. So we had a baby, um, March of 2020. So like right in the thing, right at the beginning. And, um, and my wife normally does the, the Costco shopping, but obviously I was doing it for a few weeks there. So I mean, this is like right at the beginning, like the things are getting locked down. You know, everybody's freaked out buying reams of toilet paper and I'm in Costco and I've got my cart just loaded up. And this guy's like, Oh, I see you're stocking up. I was like, no, man, I've got six kids. This is, this is how every week looks like. This is just a normal shopping day. But what I love about what you just said, though, is you're teaching your kids about intentionality that yeah. your actions today have a ripple effect into the future. And, and it doesn't mean that their goals can't change. Your, your son might decide years later. Yeah. I'm going to go back to school, like something a little fire, or he might go into the trades. A lot of our clients are in the trades, electricians, plumbers, pipe fitters, uh, law enforcement. We've got a lot of folks in the oil industry. I've got truck drivers that are multimillionaires that we, that we work with. Um, I've got, got plumbers that are multimillionaires. I mean, it's, um, and I've met doctors that live paycheck to paycheck. So. It, oh, brother, it, I could tell it, some stories too. Yep. Yeah. It, but it's about intentionality and, and your goals can change. But a lot of people, they wake up every day like their life is an accident and, and maybe they save money, but they're not really strategically building towards anything. Uh, they're, they're just kind of collecting investments. Um, and they budget one month and they don't the next. But I, I just, I think it's important for folks to have something they're always looking towards, something that draws them. It's, we talk about like a blueprint. It's something they follow because there's something out here that they want. And there's a pathway and a process that they follow. Now their goal might change and that's okay because the blueprint can change too. Mm-hmm. You build a house. Yeah. You, you change your goals a little bit. The blueprint yeah. gets revisited and revised to keep you on track. And that's how life should be. But we should always have some sort of construct or process that we're following that connects our current actions 
to our future goals. And that's exactly what you're doing to your boys. And I think that's what we as parents need to model. Because if, if we're living our lives on accident, it's really hard to have our kids living proactively. Yeah. Yeah. No, man. Love that we're in alignment there. Um, you know, I like, I love how you've got that heart, heart driven purpose for blue collar millionaires, as you call them. You've actually got a book coming out, um, in April. It's in pre order status. I guess you could go, can you go pre order that now on Amazon or is that something you get through your website? Just, yeah, they can go to Amazon or forgingfinancialfreedom.com. They can pre order the Kindle version here in another month or so. We'll have uh, a pre order for, uh, the paperback version as well. But uh, it's just kind of a stepwise process, and and really, this book is a lot about what we were talking about. It's 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 not a bunch of of steps and checklists. It's more about mindset and perspective yeah. because wealth is a a slow process, and if you don't have the right mindset, if you don't have the right attitude, it doesn't matter whose process you're following. You're probably not going to be able to execute it long enough to get the results because it is. It's about the fundamentals. It can get boring. It can get monotonous at times. And it's difficult, but it's worth it. It's worth the price that you pay for, for your future. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really, it really truly is, you know, you touched on, we touched on, you know, years ago, we touched on this theme. I don't, I don't know that you said it exactly, you know, like our parents, our grandparents, you know, their generation, you went, you worked 20, maybe 30 years somewhere. Maybe it wasn't something you had any purpose or connection to at all, but our society was was such that you sacrificed, but you you did then have that you know fifteen twenty years, maybe more in retirement to really truly enjoy retirement. Uh, you had that pension, you know, cost of living was far different, and we can bemoan that that doesn't exist today, but what we have that our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents didn't have is technology at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. We have the ability to unlock so much opportunity for ourselves. Um, you know, I, referencing my, son, my oldest boy in his career, um, we actually brushed up his resume. We worked together on that. You know, as an employer myself, I said, well, here's what I like to see on resumes when I'm looking at candidates. And, and so we put some of that in and I made mention that, you know, in a past construction job, one of the reasons he left was there was no, there was no purpose within that company to cultivate new people. And that despite really trying hard and using YouTube as a resource to learn what he wasn't getting on the job, that was laughed at, mocked, bemoaned. But I'm like, man, that just makes you that much more. Uh, determined and have that much more perseverance to go achieve this thing. And our young people today do have that benefit. They should be grateful for it. And we do have that opportunity. You know, it wasn't that long ago that being somebody blue collar and buying books was just unheard of. Now, now on your phone, you can just go get your book and get it and get, and I mean, I love that we're in this moment of time. We just need some, we need people like you folks like me hosting folks like you to reinforce that this does take purpose and intentionality and discipline. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and it's totally out of left field, I do this sometimes. So in Alaska, as I understand it, folks get um, from the state, the oil proceeds and dividend checks. Is that correct? Do I have that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, so, so it's it, it's um the it's a fund almost like a an endowment so to speak that was set up for the mm-hmm. state and the residents get uh, a little piece of that every single year. So are you seeing people be good stewards of that money? Are they making money with that money? Are they <laughs> spending that money? I think it's like anything. Um you know, people who are naturally good stewards that are intentional with their life and their spending are going to be pretty good stewards with that. But people who are living reactively, who are impulsive, are going to be pretty impulsive with that. So I think ha- however people are treating their money normally pretty much determines how that money is yeah. is treated. So that comes out in October. Um, it varies from person to person. or Sorry, it varies from year to year, but it's a substantial amount of money. But we've seen because it comes out every October, there's a huge percentage of our population that spends that money before it even gets in. And there's a lot of mm. businesses around that capitalize on that. Like the airlines yep. will will run dividend specials and you can you can buy your tickets now and then you pay when your dividends come in. And furniture stores will do that. You know, buy now, take your couch home today in October when that money comes in. So a lot of times people have that money spent but before yeah. before they even receive it. And we always joke, like you do not want to be in an electronic store or even like a Walmart, like the day that those hit direct deposit, because you have people that can't even pay their bills going out and buying a, a brand new $2,000 80 inch screen TV. And it's just, yeah. uh, so I mean, it's money is, is never the issue. You know, we've already talked about driving. Um, you put somebody, you put your 16 year old who's probably not a phenomenal driver yet. Um, and you know, maybe he's bumping into some things and you give him a Ferrari. He's not going to be a better driver. More horsepower doesn't fix poor driving skills. And the same thing with money. So when you have somebody with bad money habits, you give them more money. They're just going to get into an accident with it bigger and faster than they were before. And a lot of people feel like, Oh, I have all these issues with money. Once I have more, that'll fix it. No. You're just driving poorly with a faster car at that point. And like you said, you nodded your head when I talked about meeting, you know, physicians or attorneys or, or professional athletes that, that live almost dollar to dollar paycheck to paycheck. More money doesn't fix that. They just have right. a, a shovel to dig themselves a, a deeper hole. So there's a lot of people out there that didn't try to out earn bad decisions and it, it just doesn't work. It's not a sustainable process. So. That's a very long-winded way to answer your question, but in a succinct way, we see a lot of people squandering and wasting that money. That's probably uh, that's probably the norm because people who are intentional and careful and good stewards their money, those people are becoming more and more rare these days. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I've I've heard that you said a substantial number. I believe is about fifteen hundred bucks, two grand a year. It varies. Between a thousand and two thousand. Um, so yeah, if yeah. you've got, you've got somebody with, you know, family of three kids, that could be eight, ten thousand dollars. Um, that hits their bank account and it may be more than that family makes in a, in a, in a month. Um, it's like having a comp, the whole other month of income, you know, maybe more, maybe yeah. less. But, um, because people know it's coming, there's that it's expectation, that, that almost itch. an entitlement. So yep. itch mm-hmm. scratch it. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. you know, I, I wanted to get that number out because, you know, like our, our oldest boy and our youngest, even it's harder for our youngest cause he's not working as much being in high school. 
as focused sure. with football as he is. Um, but our oldest, uh, you know, we've said, we're going to get you, get you that investment account. Um, get you throw out a hundred bucks a month. So that, you know, that $1,500 number, $1,200 number, man, you don't like if, if, if an 18 year old would just throw that into an investment account, they'd be a millionaire by what? Like 37, 38. Is that, is that about how the math cracks out? Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and all, instead of going to Walmart and buying a TV, just throw it in that account. Like, well, here's the other benefit of it. Big difference there. Here's sorry to interrupt, Jeff, but the other benefit isn't just the financial; it's the behavioral, the habit of putting money aside, the habit of paying your future self on a regular basis. Because a lot of yep. people will will make excuses that there's always there's always a finish line out there. There's always a, a milestone saying, you know, when I get promoted or when I get this job or when I, when I graduate mm-hmm. college, then I'll start being a good steward of my money. Then I'll start saving. Then I'll start investing. But you have to build the habits now. Um, it, it'd be kind of like saying, you know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go to the gym until uh, I get in shape. I'm gonna get in shape first, and then I'm gonna start working out. No, you, you just you have to start with wherever you are. And yeah. yeah, maybe you're only lifting 10 pound weights right now, but that's if that's where you have to start. That's where you have to start. If you can only afford to save 20 bucks a month, start with 20 bucks a month. Create the habits that pay your future self, so you're not stealing from that person. Love it, love it. Man, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time today. Uh, it's easy to see how you are living a living example of how you guide your clients. Um, you live this out every day with your wonderful family. Uh, I want to say kudos to your wife for being at home with the kids, doing the homeschool thing, you guys doing that together. Um, so... I'm sure, I'm sure she gets into that moment of gratitude, reflections of gratitude often. Um, but it's easy to see the chat as somebody who, uh, as a steward of other people's money is living it out. And that's an example, whomever you might choose to use that you ought to stress test and check. You know, that financial planner shows up in a nice suit, nice Lexus. Maybe you ask some questions. Maybe you do some research. You can check out somebody like Chad through a podcast like this. Um, cause this is somebody who's living it out. And so it's easy to see how he gets the results he gets for his clients. And if you want more, you can get it in his new book that's coming out in April. I said you that was pre order through April. Mm-hmm. It'll be released at the end of and, April. Uh, yeah. And so Chad, we've had your website on, um, on the screen. We've had your, got your contact information in the show notes, but I always like to give people the opportunity to say, what, what is, um, what is the best way to connect with you? Uh, ask you questions, you know, contact your firm. If somebody's ready to move forward, um, what would be the best way to do that for them? We've got the website up right now. It's veritasalaska.com. Um, you can also email ask, A-S-K, ask at veritasalaska.com. Um, and we'll we'll get in touch. We'll find somebody uh, that that can help answer your questions. It might just be a simple question. Maybe you don't even know what your questions are, and just say, "Hey, um, I I need to start making a better future for myself. What is the first step?" And we will help you do that. Um, happy to 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 answer difficult questions and to help you ask the right questions. And even though it's Veritas Alaska, that's where I founded this, but we have clients all over the United States, so. 
I don't care if you're in Philly. Very good. I was going to ask. Yeah. 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 We're, we're all over and we just, we have actually have a, a very transient, uh, culture here in Anchorage. So a lot of our folks do end up moving out of state. And so we're, we work with folks all over. Yeah. One last question because it, it, it's an important one to ask before we go. Um, cause I think it stops a lot of people from reaching out to great people like yourself. So you're in a difficult position. Maybe you've not saved any money. Maybe you got a bunch of debt. You, you know, maybe, maybe that new job has come and you are starting to make some money and you're being smart and at least putting it in a savings account, not touching it. But still, you're looking at a hill that's pretty steep, pretty high. And you're, there's some, some shame there, some embarrassment, some guilt. You've seen this before. Mm-hmm. How do you help somebody make that phone call and reach out to you? Your future starts today and you decide your actions, your behaviors, your choices, uh, decide if that future is going to be a positive trajectory or a negative. And it starts with a simple decision every single day, which direction you're going to go. Are you going to serve your future self or are you going to steal from that person? And there, there's a Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. And that's what people have listening is right now. Don't put it off. Don't kick the can down the road. Don't worry about the decisions that you've made in the past. You have the future. Worried about the path ahead and start making the right decisions there. Don't any financial advisor has seen it has been around for 10 years or more, has seen everything from A to Z. They've seen people make way worse decisions than you have, do things that are much dumber than anything you've ever done. And they've also seen the other end of that too. They've seen people make phenomenal decisions. So don't be embarrassed. Again, it, don't, don't feel like you need to yeah. get in shape to go to the, the gym. Just sign up and start. You don't need to have your finances figured out to start building a financial plan. Start right now with what you have and start making a difference in your future. Love it. Love it. Chad, thank you so much, man. Um, go Eagles. I love that your little boy's into the Eagles. Uh, go blue. And, uh, yes, sir. I'll, uh, you know, maybe as uh, this next football season here comes around, um, and we get back in season, I'll, I'll try to, uh, get a picture of my son, myself and Chad and send it your way for you and your boy. See That'd if we can awesome. uh, make that happen as, as Michigan fans. So, man, I love it. Um, thank you so much for taking the time, offering all your wisdom. Please do follow Chad's pages. We've got all his socials in the show notes. Uh, they've been on the screen. Uh, order his book, please. We'd lo- I'd love for that to happen as a result of your time listening to the show today. Forging Financial Freedom. It's on pre-order on Amazon now. There's information about it on his website too, veritasalaska.com. Chad, thank you so much for being here today on The Big Ticket Life. Appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, 
It's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today, where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now, accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.